hard when you you raise your kids and your wife knows you so well that the day that I went to go back home, she called me, told me, go get your kid out of school and tell your kids you're never going to see them again. And that eats on me. This is the Helping Up Podcast, all about addiction, recovery, and grace. I'm Vic King, chaplain at Helping Up Mission, and today we're going to hear from John. John's story is full of twists and turns, including marriage, divorce, and remarriage to the same woman, and also running, at one time running from his problems, running from himself, and now running as an instrument in his recovery. Okay, so, um, John, uh, where were you born? Baltimore, Memorial. Which hospital? Baltimore Memorial. Baltimore Memorial. That's gone. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many kids in your family? You and how many? Five boys and one girl. Five boys and one girl. Where were you in the line? Third. Third. Uh, your um, uh, your family was mom and dad both in the same house. Yes, all my life. All right. So so you're unusual. All right. Yeah. How about your siblings? Uh, how are they all still around? All but one. Um, Any of the others struggle with drug or alcohol addiction? Yeah, but not like me. You were were the black sheep? Yeah. Did did you ever feel like that with the family? You were were singled out as the bad one? Well, I only felt like that because my mom was... I probably was the closest to my mom, and uh, I was the one hurting her. So it was... uh, She didn't let me live it down, so... Was it a, uh, was your upbringing, was it, was it pretty, um, was it a Christian family? Did you grow up around the Bible and church or not so much? My grandmother was a minister. I stayed in church three times a week. So mom, mom, mom was pretty, stayed in tight with it pretty good herself. Yes. And so you were, you were close to her. And so you, you were there pretty close. Yes. Until I got. I would say the age of 16, 17 years old, I basically went on my own path. And, 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 and at that age, that's when you sort of became that black sheep that, you know, really got off in a hurry in that other direction. Yeah, I was a curious kid, so I stayed in some kind of trouble. Okay. She always had her hands on me, okay. put it that way. Yeah. So, um, so you grew up in what part of Baltimore? I didn't grow up in Baltimore. I was born in Baltimore. Okay, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Laurel, Maryland. Laurel, okay. So uh, you went to, uh, where'd you go to high school? I went to high school in Oderton. Okay. The the problem with with my lifestyle was I was so close to my mom and my dad was an abuser. And so me and him... Physically abusive. me, Me and him couldn't see eye to eye in the house because I couldn't... I wasn't going to stand and watch my mom get beat or I wasn't going to stand and watch. Okay, so while you grew up in a home where you had both mom and dad, uh, mom was abused by your dad. Abused by my dad, and my dad didn't have much to do with his kids. Okay. So, I mean, all he had was I paid the bills here. Yeah. So we basically, as boys... We loved him as a father, but had no respect. Yeah. See, they, he, my dad's family was from a family of 14, seven and seven, seven girls, seven boys. And all the boys' 
fell in the same path of how they treated their wives. And it, it was, it almost be, you would think it was a gene thing, the yeah. way they acted. Wow. You know what I mean? And, and is that what they grew up watching? Their father, their father? So, kindest man you ever wanted me. Wow. And that's something. Wow. So, um, so at age 16, you, you just had seen enough. I seen enough and I, I started hanging with some, some young crowd smoking marijuana, nothing heavy or partying, but you know, my first drug was marijuana. Um, now you're a runner today. Were you an athlete in high school? Yeah. Baseball and track. Baseball and track. Basically only two sports I played in high school. Uh, what, um, what, what did you graduate? 85. 85. Yeah. I started taking both schools and, and then I got um, certified as a mechanic. And then after leaving school, I ended up working at a um, racquetball club. Never seen the game played, and I, I seen people play the game. I started to fall in love with the game, and the club pro, I just sneak on the back courts on my, my days off or after yeah. work, and the, the club pro seen me hitting the ball, and he came to me and told me, let me give you a few ground strokes, and you'll be beating everybody around here. So I started playing, playing that, and then I ended up getting sponsored by Head, then I ended up playing semi-pro, and then the the thing that killed me with that was I know I would go to tournaments with nobody watching me or nobody behind me, so I, I felt kind of alone at tournaments. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I got introduced to cocaine. Doing that. Doing that. It's just sad that you felt so all alone and and, and yeah. no support. Like my mom, she came and watched one tournament, and at the level I was playing, it was if you didn't get couldn't get used to the noise, he couldn't watch it, you know what I mean? And she'd stand on the top of the court, and, and she told me, you know, she it was too loud, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was... Yeah. I think I think my wife would be the same. <laughs> yeah. I think my mama would have been that way, and yeah. it's just the way it she is. She's like, that's way too... I can't... You know, so, uh, so while it, was it while on that, on that tournament circuit, the, the semi-pro racquetball circuit, that you got... That's when you got introduced to cocaine? Introduced to using... I mean, I got introduced to cocaine through my family. They were all dealers, and but I just didn't didn't have anything to do with them. Now, your family, brothers and sisters, or cousins? Cousins. Cousins. Okay. You know, it just wasn't for me. I, I was somewhere else in my life, and I actually, after I stopped, I met my first wife in the racquetball club. She was from uh, Peerless, Montana. Now. You graduate from high school about 18, age 18, something like that. Yeah, well, actually 18 and a half. 18 and a half. A couple times. Did, did, did the racquetball stuff, met her, got married during that time, 1920? No, I, didn't, I didn't get married. I, I met her. I ended up getting her pregnant. She ended up leaving me okay. because of the, the using I was doing. Okay. And I ended up following her to Montana. My dad didn't have nothing to do with me when I was a kid, and I wasn't going to do it to my child. So, so when she moved on, yeah, I, I came to my mom's house and told my mom that I'm, um, I'm catching a plane in Montana in two days, and she looked at me like, "Get out of here!" You know what I'm saying? You're not yeah, going you nowhere. Go to Montana. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, um, uh, so you, that, is that when you left your your racquetball career to go be with them? To, to play, playing semi-pro, yeah, I just, I went out there and played. Uh, just played you could play out there, too? They had something going on in Yeah, Montana. I just played tournaments, but my sponsorship wouldn't carry that far. Okay, all right. So you did play, but, but yeah. your your sponsorship, your career, 
right. part was gone. Yeah. So that's when you started doing using your vocational training and stuff. Yeah. So what what did she have? The child was born as a boy or girl? Actually, twins. Twins. Yeah. Twin boys. A boy and a girl. A boy and a girl. But the girl passed. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. At what age? She was stillborn. Stillborn. Yeah. Uh, so then you had a son. Now, was that really traumatic for their mama? I think traumatic for all of us. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You know. So um, so that that made, just put a cloud over over everything as you guys tried to move forward. Well, we're, we're best friends. We've always been best friends. We married twice. So... I married the same girl twice. And where is she now? She's in Evelyn's, Oklahoma. And you're still in touch? Yes. And you're still friends? We're still friends. John, good for you. Yeah, sometimes when we talk talk so long on the phone, I, I ask her, where your husband at? You know what I mean? And she's telling me, I don't talk to him like I talk to you. So, and it's like... And so, it's wonderful. Yeah. Good, good. First off, wonderful to have somebody that you can talk to and that wants to talk to you and you know that yeah. way. But secondly, good for you that you that you stayed. She could have easily been very hateful and bitter, and you you were not the kind of person that she felt she could or needed to be. Right. So congratulations yeah. on that. See, her her dad was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and she was involved in Al-Anon. Yes. So when I went out there, I immediately started going to twelve step program. I, I stayed in the twelve step program, had a sponsor. But I couldn't relate to them because they were alcoholics. Yeah, they didn't want to hear my story, and I couldn't tell my story. You know what I mean? And so, um, how long did you stay in Montana? Stayed in Montana for seventeen years. Seventeen years, yeah. and your addiction got much worse during that time, or no? What happened was between me and her divorcing, getting married twice. Between the, the separations, I would go on a using spree, spree, maybe a year or two, and then back to her. And then once I finally got divorced with her, I came home and went totally on a using spree. Okay. And, then, and home meaning Baltimore. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's hard when you, you raise your kid and your wife knows you so well. that And the day that I went to go back home, she... Called me, told me, go get your kid out of school and tell your kids you're never going to see him again. And that's how much she knew me because I, I, I wouldn't drag my kid in my life at that point. You know what I mean? And Because I, the life you were living. The life I was living. I had that much respect. And she she looked at me as you're never going to stop, so you're never going to get him. You know what I mean? And wow. So by the time... So that, that, eat, that eats on me, you know. Yes, I get that. It, 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 um, so... So your addiction was bad at that point. Yeah, I had no... Had the efforts, and I'm just... It doesn't matter. I'm done. Yeah. You know what I mean? I so um, did you get your son out of school and, and, and talk to him, or did you just yeah, roll? Yeah, I did. So he did spend some yeah. time with him. I hold him that much respect. She right. knew that. But you then know. rolled out and uh, came here. And what year... When was that? that it, you, so you've been married... I came with, back in 2003, 4. 2003 or four. Yeah. And then went deep into your addiction. Uh, cocaine or, or more? I'm 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 just a go fast boy. I don't like scared death of needles. I don't like anything that okay. I can't function on. Uh, so it was cocaine, not really alcohol. No. Uh, marijuana. No, I mean, I might just, just cocaine boy. Yeah, that was it. 
so you'd been back here nine years or so before you, we, we met you for the first time. Um, uh, during those nine years, when you were back here, did you have any real clean time? Two years. Two years. At, at what point was that? Do you remember? Well, when I left the hum the last time, I stayed all clean for almost, well, a year and three quarters. I might have off and on six months here. So it was just pretty bad. Yeah. What 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 finally got you to helping out Mission? The first time, um, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I, I, I knew the program. I've been in program. I've been in this 12, 12 step. Once you enter that, it's hard to shake it or get away from it. Because you knew it worked. It, yeah. Yeah. It, I, I knew what it brought me in my life. And, and I wanted that feeling back. Um, how did you know about this place, helping up? I was dating a lawyer. She um, talked to Gerald. Okay. And and so that's how you knew about this that's place. About well, basically, I took ten ten thousand dollars from from her. Her. Yeah, we were going out together, and she started giving me free range, and then my using was right in the middle of it, and I had no control over what I would yeah go to the bank and get or yeah. go take the car and go spend, and then she ended up pressing charges on me because I just started just taking. Did she suggest you come here before she pressed charges or after? Oh, no, she didn't care at that point where I went. All right, so she was done with you? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, she was done with you, and she did press charges? Yeah, she pressed charges. And you did go to court over it? Yes. And did you get some time over it? She went to court and dropped charges. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Because you were here? Yeah, because, I mean, we basically were in love, and, and but, you know, my addiction came right between in the middle of it. But were you here at that point? Yeah, obviously. I, and, I went to court so from here. You were doing some good things, and she did love you, and so she let it go. Yes. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I had two cousins that, that went out stealing scrap. Well, one of them, they got caught, and they went on a high-speed police chase. And because I got arrested with one of the cousins a year prior to that in a dumpster, got a trespassing charge, none death charge. We just in the dumpster wasn't supposed to be in. They placed me in in the crime, okay. so I went to court here just okay. in the last three months, and I fought him in Howard County because Howard County wanted to railroad me and just said it was me, and I I took him to circuit court, and I still got it put on a stat docket. If I don't get any trouble in three years, they'll take it off the books. Gotcha. Yes. But, you know, I it, it was another cousin, and I couldn't get the cousin to go to court, so. And they wasn't taking the cousin who was driving the car's word that it wasn't me. So I fought that by the whole time I was here. But I was I was going to use her in court because I knew she was rep she represented the cousin, yeah, who was who was driving, and she stood up in court and, and and fought for me. But since I wasn't in court, they told her that she had no leg to stand on. You know what I mean? So so she has still fought for me in court at, even after two years after. The, the whole thing happened. So, um, so you stayed here in 2012. You stayed here how long? Eleven months. Eleven months. You left clean or dirty? Clean. When you left here, you didn't. You hadn't graduated. You left here early, which you know we don't recommend. You stay in because if you ever struggle, you know, yeah. you come back here as a graduate. But anyway, you you left eleven months. You had a job lined up. I was working 
doing home improvement. Already working, had your own business again. And we're doing okay. And so you just decided, I'm good. No, I didn't. So why'd you leave at 11 months? I just explained to you about the cousin who I got in the truck with and got pulled over. Yep. And got trespassing. Yep. I was coming, he was bringing me home. I mean, he was bringing me back here from a weekend pass and stopped in that dumpster. And I got arrested. I couldn't get back here. Okay, that was the deal. That was the deal. And it ate on me for so long because I was the dummy. You know what I mean? I I was doing the right thing and let the wrong thing happen. And and that's what ate on me the whole time because I eventually knew that I was coming back here. Somewhere in my mind, I knew that I'd be back. Right. Did this become home to you during that eleven months? Was this were we were we family to you, and is this home to you? It, it was family. Yeah, it, I, it was it, it was uh, definitely family. I I I remember you. You know, you 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 fit right in. You you know, we you weren't rushing to get away from us, and you were happy with who you were and where you were here. I, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, I definitely was. Uh, so um, so then, when you left, you stayed clean, kept your business going, okay. What happened? Um, I, I think what happened to me was I started thinking about stuff I left, what I, I haven't seen, like my, my child, you know, stuff like that. My mom was fighting cancer for nine years. And here? Here. Still yeah, in Baltimore. Yeah, and, and you know, I some me and my sister were taking care of her. I had my mom and my brother in the same hospital. My brother dies in the on on the, she's on the second floor and he dies on the sixth floor, and she's downstairs dying of cancer. And I think stuff like that started eating on me yeah. because I didn't come home for this. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't come home for this. Yeah. Your your son? Did you stay in touch with him, or when you left Montana, did you really leave him out of your life? I stayed in touch with him for a while, but my using wouldn't let was yeah. shaming me from staying in touch with him. Yes, and, I understand that. You know, he called me one time. He I had all I had it all set up for him to come out here, and then I just went on some crazy using spill, and then you know I was sending him money, and then I was supposed to send him the plane ticket, and he started calling. I started avoiding the calls, and then I talked to his mother, but me and him hadn't talked in ten years. Wow! So and she said he's still hurting, and you know she tells me what I done, what I wrong, and I mean she's right, you know, but yeah. you know. He stays on, in contact with my brother through Facebook. So all that stuff got to you. Your brother, your brother passed. Your mom lived um, how much longer after your brother passed? She went another six years. Six years. So during a bunch of that time, though, you really struggled with your addiction again and went back to cocaine. Yeah, I just, I just started running, running away from everybody. I didn't want to be around nobody. I didn't, you know. I'd so you, you got here. Your first time was in 12, left probably in 13, early 13 right. or something, and then struggled. So how long was it that you were struggling when you came back here? Uh, you got back here when? 27. Of? The first month. Of the year. So last January. Of, yeah. So it's been, um, it's been five months. Five months. Five months. Okay. Uh, this last run was how long? Was um, it since mom died? No, a little bit before mom died. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I was too ashamed to go around mom while she was sick okay. using it. So I stay in contact with my sister. My sister had moved in the house. I say the last, I would I would say within the, the, the last year. So, so, so a about, little a past, year, about a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half. 
what finally got you back here? Because you, you had a lot of guilt and shame, probably felt like, you, you know, you come back here and uh, people talk about you or whatever. So what, what finally tipped the scale and you said, I'm going back to home? Well, first first thing that got me back here was just the girl I'm, I'm with, I'm probably going to marry. And I can't, I couldn't see any other program that, that gave me what the hum gave me and made me feel the way I felt. And she, she even herself called 10 programs and she called the hum. And the hum told her if I had any open court cases or any warrants that I couldn't come. Right. So that's the first thing she told me. And I, and I went on past Gary, I'm not going to lie to you. I went on for another two, three weeks avoiding her. Still using, but avoiding her. Yeah. And every night she asked me, did you call somebody? And I, I, I called somebody, you know. It, it became, it, well, it was one night, and I, I looked at her, and I said, look, at, at 5 o'clock in the morning, before you go to work, take me to Baltimore and drop me off at the Help It Up Mission. And she said, I already told you, them people say you can't come. You know what I mean? Listen, just drop me off at the Help It Up Mission. So I walked in the door, and the first person I seen was Kevin Healy. He looked at me, he said, give me one reason, Scooter, why I shouldn't let you back in the door. And, you know, I told him I need help. And he said, okay, go out there and get your stuff. Come back in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and then he um, he looked at my paperwork and he said, just tell me you don't have any warrants on you. I don't have no warrants, Kevin. I, you know, I, got, a, I got a traffic charge and I got a um, theft charge. And the theft charge is not really mine. He goes, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you, you know the way that went. Yes, I do. <laughs> so that's what, in my, my own mind, I, 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 like I told you before, I always knew I was going to come back here. Interesting. And so so we did deal with the court case a couple months ago. It got well, both, steaded. Both of them have been taken care of. And so we're all done. So now it's just uh, staying the course and, and keeping myself together. When you got here in 12, did you run with back on my feet then? Yes. Uh, now, of course, you ran track in, in high school. What did you run in high school? 40. And I ran a little long distance. But I was more of a speed run. Oh, 440. Yeah. The, okay, yes, the quarter mile. Yeah. 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 And so on the relay team? No. I, you ran the whole the whole quarter. The whole quarter. That's a, that's a rough race. Yeah. I, I think that's the hardest race there is. Because yeah. it's... If you're going to well, do it, had, you got to pretty much sprint it. And I had two brothers that came and beat me out. So <laughs> we, we raced all the time as kids, so we were ba- we basically runners. So, uh, so you know, you, you got it in your blood. You got this running in your blood. Yeah. And uh, so your first time you were here, to join a running team was a cool idea for you because that's who you were. Right. And did you stay with them all the way to uh, all the way, 11 months? All the Even way. though you were working, you worked your work schedule around – being with, with back yeah, on my feet. Yeah, I'd get up and run with him because I could. I was work. I did my own thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Was, uh, nice. Yeah, I went right to my counselor, Mike Gray, and told him, I said, Mike, I need to get back on the team. I need to do that. <laughs> he said, I already know that. So talk a little bit about, um, just just talk about running. What good does that do for you? What is this this physical exercise of running? Why is that so meaningful to you? Um, it's therapy to me. Um, it, it puts me at ease. It, it lets me think. It lets, it lets me really think about what's going on in my life. Yeah. Interesting. 
So, uh, so you enjoy doing it. Talk about running, though, with Back on My Feet. Why was that meaningful to you? Well, when I first joined the team, I don't know if it was so meaningful to because I wasn't really a talker. Right. And You're a quiet guy. Yeah. At least it, two people get to know you. And everybody on on the team talks. Yep. So it, it get, once I, I, get, I settled in and realized it was okay to talk, you know what I mean? They, they're not really trying to dig in your business yeah. or they're yeah. just trying to help you. You know what I mean? And once I got that in my mind and I was good with it. They're like, damn, he don't shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, it was like. That was really um, socially uh, healthy for you because it, it pulled you out of your shell a little bit. Yeah, because, I mean, normally I'm not I'm not a sociable person. You know what I mean? And that I guess that brought my part of my social life out. Yeah. I learned to relax a little bit. Yeah, nice. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah. So when you came back, that was that you know you knew that was therapeutic, and you wanted that to be part of your recovery. Yes. So um, how's that gone for you now that you're back here and you're running again? How's that gone for you? Was it's, it what it's, you hoped it would be? Yeah, everything I hoped it would be. It's it, it, it's um, I'm even able to even I find myself around to helping up mission talking to guys. Trying to show them certain things to do, you know what I mean? Not sit up in corners, hub it up, and, you know, get out. I even encourage a few guys to get on the team, you know what I mean? Just try something different. Yeah. You know I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Yeah, so, 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 really, that's not the kind of guy you used to have been. You just would have kept to yourself. No, it's all for me. But but yeah. now with, with Back on My Feet, it, it gave you – it was your most important social outlet. Um and and so that's really helped you now to reach out and help others. Right. So talk a little bit about the 12 steps and, and NA um, and, and the value of that in your life as well. Well, for me, I'm dead in the water without it. So um, You know you have to have that. Yeah. It's some kind of um, support system. You, you can't do this alone. It's, it's, yeah. it's impossible. Now, we, Helping Up Mission, is part of your support system. Yes. But you really do need something outside of us, outside too. Of you. you really yeah. do. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you, do you have, a, do you have a, a home group in particular? Yeah, Laurel Main Street. Do you have a sponsor there? Jerry, yeah. Okay, so uh, how long you had Jerry as your sponsor? On and off, uh, six, seven years. All right, so it goes way back even before yeah. your first time here. Yes. Okay, so, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm sure he's glad to see you back. Yeah, he is. He uh, just when I when I'm out, and he knows that I'm not doing right. You know, I mean, he calls me on it. So nice, nice. Cares about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so your twelve step group is is an important part of your deal. Back on my feet is an important part of your deal. Helping a mission is an important part of your deal. Talk to me a little bit about your biblical Christian spiritual side. Outside of, of of NA, and we'll just where, where is that? But where's church in your life today? And we'll be just be honest. Um, I don't have a church right now. But right, church in my life is I was raised on 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 the you know um, to believe in God. Yep. I was I was I was my mother's always instilled in me God doesn't give you nothing bad without giving you something good. Yep. And had to have faith. Yep. You know she she always told us if you didn't have faith you don't have nothing. Yep, and, and you've always communicated that in class. You know, yeah. I, I know that's I know that's the kind of guy you are. Yeah. Well, John, I I'm um, 
I'm really happy for you. Um, you've obviously been a good man throughout your life. That's why a lot of people loved you and, and were willing to help you and support you and still uh, have a relationship bad, with you. Just made bad choices. Yeah, but uh, but good people can make bad choices. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. that's right. And we live with the consequences of them. Yeah. Um, I guess probably the one that, that, that still hurts you the most uh, and is still hanging is your son. Yeah. Uh, do you do you do you pray for him regular? Oh, yeah, all the um, time. You know, you I don't I don't you might and I don't know it, but you might put him on the prayer sheet every day, uh, and just you know, yeah, I, we don't need detail. Just you know, pray for my son and put his name down, and uh, you know, we can add our prayers with you yeah. uh, to him because I, I can imagine that's a I know I know that I know how that would feel. See, the only the problem with that was that. From you know, she worked the airline, so he was always with me, and you know, I would leave him at my girlfriend's babysitting, or if I went out and used it, he had never seen me use. I tried to tried to be a dad to him, and yeah. He, how how old is he now? Next twenty nine. What's he do? He run heavy machinery. Okay. Big big boy. Yeah, his mother was six one, so he's tall. Get, you, see, you have pictures of him? You get to see pictures of him? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Send you pictures? Uh, and, uh, and, well, put it, I'd, I'd say put him on the prayer sheet. Let's really pray. and Let's see if God doesn't do a... You know, we hear about these miracles around here all the time, family relationship stuff, and this would be a big one. But yeah. we ought to pray about that. We really should, should do that. But one more thing about Back on My Feet. Um, in 2012, what's your, what was the longest thing you ran? 10 miles. Ran a 10 miler. Saturday, okay. Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, I'm running the same 10 miles. Are we going for a marathon or a half yes. marathon? marathon. So you're going to do it? Yeah. Good for you, Johnny. And well, I hope to beat my time by considerably on 10 miles. You, do you plan to stay the whole time this time? Graduate? Every bit of What about when after you graduate, do you feel the need to run out and find a place to live and, and do something? Or might you stay on as a graduate? No, I have a place to live. Yeah, but, but as far as staying around the home, I plan to hang around a lot. Okay, you want to this yeah. time when you leave, yeah. you're going to stay much better connected. Yeah, and and you you you'll resurrect your business. Yes, and uh, uh, and then you'll just you just keep doing it, but you're going to stay connected to us. Yes. Stay connected to your your twelve step group. Twelve step. Stay connected with Back on My Feet. I'm becoming alum now. Black. Yep, yeah. that'd be that'd be a great thing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, hopefully we'll have a church in that mix too. So, you know, this is going to go out to tens of thousands of donors. What would you like to say to them? These are people that support, in some cases, they supported you when you, they supported the program when you were here in 12, but um, certainly are supporting us today. You know, if, you, if they were across the table well, from you like I am, what would you like to say to them? I would like to say that for the people who support them, that thank you. Guys like me don't, don't get chances like this twice. Guys in the hum don't get chances like this twice. Yeah. There's a lot more guys out there worse off yeah. than me. Yeah. And they need help the same way I, I, I needed it. And yeah. Without your help, we don't get it.
Vic here with a quick request. If you've been enjoying this podcast, would you mind leaving a rating, a review on iTunes or, or Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts that has a review apparatus? That would mean a lot. We're also thinking about doing some topical episodes soon. We'd like to feature guys' stories, but we're thinking about doing some topical episodes as well, topics related to recovery. So if you have ideas, things you'd like to hear about, send me an email. My email is vking at helpingup.org, or you can reach out via the contact page on our website or the Helping Up Instagram. That's at Helping Up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.